Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And good morning. It is uh, January 13th, 2021, uh, seven days before Donald Trump will become a private citizen again. Uh, Although I guess that could happen a little sooner if in fact he is uh, impeached before then. something that I think would be highly unlikely, although you do see now um, certain Republicans making the uh, calculation, and you can bet that's what it is, it's nothing about principle, (laughs) the calculation that it might be uh, a wise thing for the future of the party if in fact they were to uh, remove him from office thus making it uh, perhaps easier to save the party, to, uh, to separate themselves from him, even though they've spent the last four years capitulating to him, aiding and abetting him. I, uh, I watched much of the Rules Committee uh, hearing yesterday. Uh, this was in advance of the uh, the votes on the invoking, asking Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment, and also uh, prior to uh, setting up the vote for impeachment. And it was... It was something to behold. I finally, uh, my stomach uh, insisted that I turn it off because I was really becoming sick because it featured, um, well, Republican members of the House who were on that committee, Jim Jordan of Ohio being one of them. He seems to be on every committee, does he not? Have you ever seen a a any committee of consequence holding a hearing in which that shirt sleeved jerk is not like the leading Republican or one of them? Well, there he was yesterday, and it is really mind blowing how he and so many others making his first appearance on the committee yesterday, our own, our own, speaking of Southwestern Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Guy Reschenthaler also uh, showed himself to be the seditious creep that he is. It was very hard to watch because they've, learned not a thing, their their behavior, their words have not changed one whit since the uh, murderous attempt at uh, a coup happened just last week. It's, it, it was really astonishing. And and I, I'm happy if you didn't uh, subject yourself to it as, as I did. Uh, the more that we learn, and apparently we don't know much now, members of Congress know more of what the uh, law enforcement authorities have discovered. And it is quite clear that when we know the whole story, we will be more appalled, more certain that this was an organized effort with members of the Congress playing an active role in it. 
not just aiding and abetting with their words and their lies, but actually aiding and abetting with their actions. And we're going to learn that insiders in uh, law enforcement agencies from the Defense Department on down to the U.S. Capitol Police were also in on this. This was a planned insurrection. And here's the thing. I really think that far too many people are seeing it as an event, horrific event, that occurred and is now over. And that would be a big, big mistake because it is not over. It is ongoing. All you have to do is listen to these Republican members of Congress, the vast majority. I'm not talking about a Liz Cheney. I'm not talking about the ones who have called it what it is, what it was, and have said that they will, in fact, vote for the impeachment of Donald J. Trump. The vast majority continue to aid and abet. And as I said the other day, we have a fifth column inside our government, inside the halls of Congress. One uh, one member of Congress, and I'm sorry, I'm blanking on her name, has said that she clearly saw certain Republican members of Congress giving what she termed reconnaissance tours to groups of white guys the day before. Law enforcement, I think it's the FBI, has also told us that these people had maps of the building, even maps of the underground tunnels that were in fact used to evacuate members during the melee. Congresswoman Presley says that as her staff huddled in the office, frightened for their lives, understandably, and desperate. They look to hit the panic button that is installed in all of these offices, apparently more than one panic button installed, and found to their dismay that they had been removed. Now, they were not removed by the rioters because the rioters had not gained entrance. They had to have been removed prior. Now, these kinds of stories coming out, granted, will have to be sifted through. uh, And we have to start figuring out what is provable, what is not, what really happened, what did not. But just as days after the event, more video came out of the event, and we were stunned by the violence of it. Because the video that played on the day of, and even the day after, did not have many of the videos that we have since seen, which are blood chilling. So I, to hear, and we, and if you listen to any of the Republicans yesterday, almost all 
continuing to call for unity. (laughs) It's divisive. Move on. It's divisive. I mean, divisive is the GOP's middle name. It is their M.O. It is how they get where they got. And now they're telling Democrats that they're divisive in wanting to get to the truth, to hold people accountable for the most horrific attack on our government in our history, because it came from within. Well, I guess you could argue the Civil War was, but it's the same same crowd. This is their second their second effort uh, with true bloodshed, and they're itching for a civil war. So after 9-11, when foreigners attacked this country in an astonishing manner, we as a nation unified because we as a nation were appalled. But there is no unity after this attack because we as a nation are divided and we are divided because of the president that has one week left in office. Not just because of him. I want to be clear. When the history is written, it will go well before Donald Trump's presidency to explain how the grand old party became this proto-fascistic authoritarian menace to our democracy. Think of what they incited. It is quite clear now that if they'd been just a little more adept, if the totally overwhelmed police, Capitol Police, who weren't in on this, which I suspect some were, especially at the leadership level, Imagine if they hadn't, because it was a hairbreadth of time from when every member of the Congress was secured and the mob made its way into the chambers. So our duly elected representatives were truly in danger, mortal danger. And the basic tenets of our republic are in mortal danger. And there's no way you move on, especially when Capitol buildings in states all over this country are being surrounded by fencing, windows being boarded up. Washington, D.C. looks like an armed camp right now. This is after the event. So it is quite clear that those in the know know it's not over. The threat is real, and the threat remains that there is a, who knows, I think, relatively sizable percentage of our nation that would take it down because their side lost in a free and fair election. It's really amazing. Let me go to the phones. Caller, hello. 
Yeah, this is Father Joseph. I would think that uh, Trump's claim of uh, deep state may be true in a way, in the sense that there may be Trump supporters who will work against Biden or his administration within government. Yeah. You mean work within normal channels against him? No, no, no. Um, I think the claim about deep state has always been that. Oh, deep. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I think that's. Oh, sorry. I've been working out while I was listening. Um, uh, I think that, that one of the reasons is that um, if we have a, an inside job, as you say, yeah. I don't think the other two will go away when Biden. Um, uh, well, isn't that it, isn't that ironic that it's the Trumpsters who have, you know, even conjured that the, the very idea that there is a deep state within yes. our government that controls everything, which of course is hooey. They're called bureaucrats. They're called uh, elected right. whatever. And now you're saying, whoa. You know, the reality is, is they have infiltrated and infiltrated. They've been appointed to positions. They've been elected to positions. So, and they being people who, in fact, favor the insurrectionists. Exactly. Exactly. Now, the danger here is that yeah. so we may become the conspiracy theorists <laughs> and say, you know, and and say things at every turn and, and, and come up with things that um, may not be true. Right. Because I'm just as paranoid as, as, as uh, some of uh, Trump's people have, have. So that's the danger. There's a double-edged sword here. Um, uh, there's a difference between being circumspect and <laughs> being, being um, uh, you know, paranoid. And so that, that, that's, that's the challenge we're going to face, I think. I, I would agree with you, and it's why when I said, you know, we're now hearing from one congresswoman that she saw reconnaissance uh, missions yeah. uh, headed by members of Congress or the panic buttons being removed, we don't, I don't, I'm not willing to say that that is absolutely true, but we are hearing these things, and I, I'm sure at some point we're going to find out if in fact those things are true. I can't say I'd be surprised in either case, frankly. Hmm. Well, what, what, one optic that uh, stays with me, uh, as we were watching the scenes uh, from the, the insurrection, there was a scene where the, uh, a line of Capitol Police officers were coming down the steps, and uh, a couple of things you saw. One, they, one was uh, helping an elderly woman who was a protester down the steps with gentle care. Which I, which I thought was yes. very, yeah. very interesting. I, but the other part, I there was this, I think, a uh, one of those uh, uh, darkened windowed um, cars or, or trucks or it looked like a suburban or something at the foot of the steps, and it had some signs um, attached to the windows in the front of the windows. One said Pelosi is Satan, and on each side there was a little Trump sign on each one. The police came down and they lined up um, on either side of this this vehicle, but no one removed the sign. And I said, why would they leave those signs up there? Uh, I just thought it was very, very strange that they would, you know, leave those signs. Maybe they had other, other things to do, and that might be the reason. But I did notice up on the balcony of the Capitol, you had uh, Capitol Police officers moving uh, the don't tread on me flags, the Trump flags. When it came down to this one government vehicle, I think it was a government vehicle, because if it wasn't, you, you can be sure there have been police all over it or EOD trying to make sure there wasn't something nefarious connected to this vehicle. And yet I saw mm. that sign, Pelosi is Satan, and it's a Trump sign on each side of that, that car, that vehicle, and no one removed the sign. So I thought it was really strange. And it was a terrible optic, it really was. Well, maybe they have a great respect for the First Amendment. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. <laughs> <laughs> oh God Almighty! Well, well, thank you for uh, for stopping your uh, your exercise to uh, to give us a call. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I do want to, oh. do want to brief you. I'm sound like somebody creepy here, so but, but I want to make sure that you got my two cents in early today. Okay, take- the deep state is alive and well. Okay, thank oh. you, <laughs> thank you, Father. <laughs> it's always good to hear from you. Thank you. Um, guys, oh Lord. So 
how can, again, as I said yesterday, as my sister said yesterday, these calls for unity uh, and moving on from the Republicans who incited this sorry, sorry chapter in American history is in itself indicative of how dangerous they are and how little, how impervious they are to learning anything or to taking responsibility for anything. They don't, they don't want unity. They've never wanted unity. They've wanted division. It's just that now they feel like they're on the short end of the uh, dividing. What they want is for all of us to forget. What they want is absolution that they don't deserve and haven't earned. As I subjected myself to some of that hearing yesterday, I could now, granted, I as a person do not do well in meetings. I can't stand meetings. I can't stand how many people drone on and on, <laughs> she droned on and on, um, with very little to say, you know? And you're forced to sit and listen and act like you're interested. But I do not know how a member of Congress, a Democrat, can listen to what these Republicans are still spouting and not want to just jump out of their seats and throttle how they managed not to start like screaming. I could not, obviously, I am not meant to be a person who could hold a position like that because I do not have the, uh, the proper temperament. <laughs> but that because of the norms and the rules of the Congress, uh, they still continue to call each other friend, my friend on the other side, the honorable. Are you kidding me? It's, it's just amazing. Now, a guy from a former Congress, uh, what's his name? Thomas, Thomas Daschle, right? Who was the, wasn't he Speaker of the House for a while? Um, no, 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 he's a senator. Um, I don't know. Was he, he probably was the majority leader. Okay, had him inside out. Um, I saw a quote by him that he was so astonished that even after the, the melee, uh, that those Republicans, 130 plus House members and what, seven senators still stood up and said the election was fraudulent. These votes aren't right. We're not going to certify them when they had no facts on their side at all. Just the litter of what, 60 or something court decisions behind them. Decisions from even Trump-supported justices and judges laughing their arguments out of court. And yet, to use a term once used by Mitch McConnell, I believe, towards Senator Warren, and yet they persisted to persist after some of their members were clearly targeted for murder, for execution. They still, on the floor of the Congress, said with their vote that the very thing that propelled those 
murderous mobsters into the Congress was in fact correct, that there was somehow fraud in the election. And Joe Biden wasn't the duly elected next president of the United States. And Tom Daschle, who always struck me as such a milk toast, like so many Democrats do, he said, I am shocked by the fact that a majority of House Republicans voted to overturn. They voted to overturn the election results. After that, it's truly amazing. My contempt, he says, for them. And those in the Senate who led the effort could not be greater. Yes, my contempt for them could not be greater either. Let's go back to the phones. Glad to be hearing from so many of you. Hello. Hello, Lynn. Uh, keep in Hi. mind, in my opinion, uh, when, when you hear that the election was stolen, that's code for a black vote shouldn't count. Yes, Perhaps that's Perhaps I oversimplify things. No, but, you don't. No, you don't. Um, and my second thing is, uh, second and last thing is, if it turns out that there were members of the House of Representatives that provided logistic maps and such to those folks, can they be charged with treason? I would think so. I would hope so, or at least if you're giving very, aid very and comfort and 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 information that can result in the death of uh, fellow members of Congress to these insurrectionists, how does that not take you into? Uh, into court as a uh, yes, uh, as being part of the traitorous uh, insurrection. I I don't know, and I got I got we do know by the way, because some of them are starting to turn on each other. Uh, you know this uh, this guy, his name is Ali Alexander. Have you seen that one? I have. Yeah, well, okay, he takes great pride in this. I mean, I've seen video of him saying, it was my idea. <laughs> Very excited by that. Oh. But now he is saying that it was his idea, sort of, but in fact, three members of Congress and he and him <laughs> planned the protest. Right. He has named them Representatives Andy Biggs of Arizona, Paul Gosar of Arizona, and Mo Brooks of Alabama. And he has said that they are the ones who helped him plan this. Well, I hope they're held accountable. Hey, thanks, Lynn. I always appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye. I appreciate the call. God almighty. Speaking of this Ali Alexander, is anybody, ha I should have bothered to look him up more. I mean, for one thing, he's not white. <laughs> That's, you know, that gets your attention in this racist uh, mob. Um, he's not white, but I, he's, what is he? Uh, Ali suggests that he might even be a Muslim or Arab. He doesn't look Arab. What is he? Is he Indian? No. I don't know what he is. But he his skin is not lightly hued, which is fascinating to me that he got into a position of such power uh, with these racists. Amazing. You know, I was just you know looking for some respite, so I was reading the uh, sports page of the of the New York Times today, and what do I come upon? That a gold medalist, an American gold medalist, was part of the mob that invaded, and I'm looking at his picture now. Looks like somebody uh, Adolf Hitler would have had a wet dream about. He is just a six foot six inch, uh, you know, Aryan. 
And because he's six foot six, his he was towering over much of the crowd. And consequently, other members of the U.S. Olympic team said, as they watched, geez, that's Cleet. Perfect name. Cleet Keller. He was uh, part of, he's a swimmer, and he is the uh, holder of two Olympic gold medals. I believe both says uh, relay uh, on, in, for relays in swimming. Um, the same, same time as Michael Phelps. I'm not sure exactly what, what Olympics these, these are. And, and this, this marauder was wearing a uh, U.S. Olympic team jacket that had USA, USA on its sleeves and on the back. Wonderful. Henry writes, CNN is talking about House members conducting reconnaissance tours. They are, too. Well, good. Well, <laughs> they're just reporting what the same thing I saw, that this uh, representative uh, from New Jersey, her name is Mikey Sherrill, uh, put, posted on Facebook a video in which she quite clearly says that she feels that members of Congress were uh, complicit in the attack. And I have to tell you, if this turns out to be true, will I be surprised? No, I will not. Will I be surprised if these three wonderful, honorable members of the U.S. House of Representatives that this Ali Alexander fellow has now fingered, will I be surprised? If it does turn out that they help plan this in hopes of keeping Joe Biden from the presidency? Hmm. And you look at our capital now as Joe Biden is going to take the reins of government, poor soul. Uh, it is a Washington that looks like a war zone. So again, I tell you, this whatever this is, this this traitorous insurrection, it ain't over. It ain't over. And so we're going to have a president sworn in with snipers on roofs and National Guard. And obviously, I think those uh, outdoor inaugurations have always been uh, places that have had great security, a lot of security by virtue of the fact that pretty much the entire uh, you know, government is sitting there. But never has there been such a very real threat. And poor Joe Biden, just stop and think of the last few months, things we have learned. We have not had a functional federal government. We have not had a functional president for some time, well before he lost, because he never cared about the job. He only cared about the power and the adulation that came with it. And so we have a president who, whose administration did absolutely nothing about the rise of this domestic terror. Of course not. There is, it's his base. <laughs> but this is a president who did absolutely nothing about the Russians. Cyber attack hacking into apparently almost every governmental and corporate computer that exists, and they're still in. Did you know that? They're still in there. We aren't sure where exactly they are. They've covered their tracks, but they're in. So the Russians might know, actually, maybe the FBI should ask the Russians about this. Maybe they have all the answers. 
because God knows we don't. This is a government, an executive, a president who not only did nothing as this pandemic killed more Americans that have been killed in all of the wars. Is that true in our nation's history? We're on, we're about to, I don't want to be, might be true. Nothing. In fact, he exacerbated it. And the members of his party still exacerbating it. The fact that three Democratic members of Congress have now tested positive after the siege for COVID because they were trapped in a so-called safe room with a bunch of Republicans who refused to wear masks in those close quarters. And now three Democrats, one of whom is a 75-year-old woman cancer survivor who is already hospitalized. These, oh, I just, you know, I, and Joe Biden has to, where does he start? He starts with that, I guess, the pandemic. It's incredible. It's incredible. Bree writes from Malaysia, one of the extra issues happening while all the attention is focused on Washington, there are so many things happening around the world that need attention. Oh yeah, really? There's a world out there? And we're not going to see it. What is happening in China? I wouldn't be surprised if there are movements in the Taiwan Straits over the weekend. China is in the midst of its darkest period for human rights since the Tiananmen Square massacre. Human Rights Watch has said, its annual, has said in its annual report, but 2020 was also the year that world governments found safety in numbers to push back on China's policies of repression with less fear of retaliation. And the United States, of course, has been absent. And you'll recall that the day of or the day after we were told by Trump's FBI that um, they had no intelligence of this happening. But now we learn that the FBI office in Virginia had issued an explicit warning, an explicit warning. Uh, and they quoted documents that were circulating that said, and I'm quoting from their, the FBI report that they said they never had, be ready to fight. Congress needs to hear glass breaking, doors being kicked in, and blood from their Black Lives Matter and Antifa slave soldiers being spilled. Get violent. Stop calling this a march or rally or a protest. You go there ready for war. We get our president or we die. Nothing else will achieve this goal. That is part of an FBI report the day before. And of course, everybody is saying, oh, uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Did you see that? No, they didn't see it. We've got another caller. Caller, go ahead, please. Hi, Wynn, it's Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Uh, A song has been playing in the back of my head, and it is, Onward Christian Soldiers. And, and <laughs> you know, that song has always made my blood run cold because I, I have imagined it playing like during the Crusades as they like, you know, just killed every Jew and Muslim that came up that they came upon. Yeah. But you, too, have not liked Onward Christian Soldiers. 
No, it's always felt a bit hip hypocritical and uh, ironic to me, but uh, that's where we're at. I mean, this, I mean, there's a, there's a political element to this whole insurrection, but I am 100% convinced that, I don't know if it's these evangelicals, these mega churches, they have been uh, yeah. programming people for the last yeah. 20, maybe 30 years towards this. They want a Christian nation, and that's what it's about. And, you know, I know there's a lot of, you know, good Christians out there. Uh, heck, these evangelicals, they'll, they don't like Catholics either. You know what I mean? And, uh, well, no, when I push comes to shove, they don't like anybody but their own. Um, yeah, and, which uh, is why I always find it so ridiculous and unbelievably stupid that uh, Jews can, you know, be on their side. Certain Jews. I actually started looking up. Sheldon uh, Adelson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May he rest in hell. Seventy. I looked up some numbers. In this last election, 78% uh, of white evangelicals voted for Trump. That is the highest uh, number for any demo, 78% white evangelicals, okay? But if you then take all Protestants, I mean, Protestants who are not evangelicals, so that'd be mm -hmm. all the good old, you know, the Methodists, the Baptists, or this, that, the other, the uh, the, the, anyway, 53% of the, of those white non-evangelical Protestants voted for Trump and 52% of white Catholics voted for Trump. So right there, you have the reality that Trump's vote is overwhelmingly Christian. But of course, this is an overwhelmingly still Christian nation. Um, but it's quite clear where his, it's not that black people aren't Christian. They didn't vote for him. So it's white Christianity mm -hmm. that's got to get its, I don't know. They. I, I don't know how you start to undo what you have done. And that's the problem. It's not a political thing. It's a, uh, I guess it would be a social thing where people, and there's, there, there's an irony here too, and that a lot of these people I see online, they talk about communism and socialism and how they are going to reprogram you against the United States. They themselves have been programmed. Yes. You know? And of course, I, I really, but they don't know and, it. They they just don't know yeah, it. Well, well, a person who's hypnotized, when they're told to you know bark like a dog, they don't know they're barking like a dog. And I really think that uh, they have been clinically hypnotized mm -hmm. into uh, into following this, uh, and that's why it, it's it has all the earmarkings of a cult. And uh, so, if politics can try to get involved. I don't know how much they, uh, politics can solve the problem. Well, and another thing I, that we I have to, when I go when I go past some of these mega churches, it sends a yeah. chill up my spine. Yeah, I have I have the same reaction, but but listen, I have to tell you the other thing is, is when we talk about these people and being brainwashed and whatever and believing all this nonsense, um, we tend to think we always have of uneducated sort of easy easy pickings for uh for a propagandist you know sheep because they don't have the the mental faculties to i guess withstand the steady drumbeat of lies when in fact i mean and again we saw even in the rioters themselves that that's not the right picture that the rioters are turning out to be business owners real estate brokers service members uh yeah well it's 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 a nice cross-section you know? and a lot a lot of them are middle to up class so and they're educated yeah well they 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 are as easily programmed as anybody else hey i gotta get going 
I love you. And uh, okay. I'll be talking to you soon. Love you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, let me... Oh, and then, you know... It, okay, so... Metal detectors have been placed in the in the Capitol building. I guess have they always been there, but members of Congress were able to go around them. And now members of Congress are not allowed to go around them. They have to go through. So last evening when they were gathering to vote for for or against uh the 25th Amendment invocation and the and in all this other stuff that they're doing, uh, a number of Republican members of Congress went ballistic at having to go through a metal detector. More than one shoved their way through Essentially, I guess you would call that assaulting the Capitol Police, pushed the police aside and went through. Uh, Others verbally berated them and went around refusing the law that was now in place. Some who went through, the alarms went off, and they kept going. They then expressed their outrage on Twitter and other social media about, I guess, yes, the communists having taken over. Look at what we're being subjected to. Look at our freedoms being taken from us. They are now mandated to wear masks if they want to be on the House floor. And you hear the same cries. They're comparing it. They're comparing it, it, it to, to, to the Holocaust. They're comparing it, all kinds of, uh, of oh God, metaphors. They're comparing it to Kristallnacht. They're comparing it to the ghettoization of the Jews of Europe before the final solution was put in place. They were, and all they're being asked to do is wear a mask to protect other people and to go through a metal detector to protect other people. And to hear them scream again shows a kind a level of derangement they got a little taste in the last week of what it's like to be a kindergartner in a school in the country that they have allowed to turn into an armed camp while they huddled in their safe places spewing COVID at their colleagues and complaining. Our children are constantly terrorized by these these tests of if somebody with a weapon of mass destruction comes into their classroom, of what they have to do to save their lives. It's obscene. There's not another nation on earth where school children are put through that. And the only reason little American kids are put through that is again because of the Republican worship of the Second Amendment to the point of insanity. (sighs) Incredible.
Okay, where am I here? Sorry, I'm, I got too much going on here at once. Um, do I have another caller, Amy? I'm sorry. Do I? Hello, if I do. Yes, you have Hello? another caller, Lynn. Hello? I'm sorry, I can't keep up. That's Hello. okay. You know, uh, aiding and abetting, how about Clarence Thomas's yeah. wife hiring buses to bring these people into DC? Okay, I wanna, I'm glad you brought that up because I put that out there the other day too. Apparently it's not quite true. Ooh. She did not person, okay, no, no. She did not personally pay for the buses. She is affiliated with an organization that organized the buses, but she did not like take money out of her pocket and give them the money. She also clearly lent her support uh, to this, uh, whatever it was before it became what it did. Um, and as she was supportive of, but no, it turns out she did not uh, fund it specifically. I just want to be clear. I felt bad about not that I there are so many things we can say about Ginny Thomas. And do you know that she actually met with Trump more than once to bring him lists of names of people in the government who were not sufficiently loyal to him? Huh. Do you, do you, that is true. She, she gave him a list of names to nominate for the Supreme Court, too, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, well, right. I mean, she has been an operative on this far, far lunatic right forever, forever. So it wouldn't be surprising if she paid for the buses, but in fact, she didn't pay for the buses, but is on a board or advisory board to an organization that did in fact have a great deal to do with getting that crowd there. So that's the, no, she is a, she is a nightmare as is he. As All right, Lynn, now let's, let's get to the important topic. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did you end up on a pig farm, and what did you do there? Um, okay, I lived on a pig farm in like 1973 and four, and maybe five. Um, because I was married at the time and I was, my husband was um, a law student at the University of Wisconsin. And he found this amazing house, um, 25 miles out of Madison, that was the homestead of uh, an old farm, which was still in being farmed by another guy who lived up the road and um, was renting out this amazing uh, stone house <laughs> for nothing. I mean, I can't, I can't remember, but I remember it was nothing. So we decided, what the heck, let's move out there. It was a pig farm and the pigs were very close to the house, but of course the house had been built, um, would it be upwind? or downwind. It was upwind, right? We didn't get the, the house didn't, you didn't smell pigs in the house. Um, it was an amazing place. I mean, you know, sometimes when I've been in a, a situation, maybe even once when I was hypnotized, I was asked to imagine a quiet, wonderful place in your life. And I always go to this hill overlooking the house and the pig farm as I loved it so much. And it was surrounded by fields of corn. 
It was the greatest place. So I, that's where we lived. We lived on a pig farm, but he was a law school student, and I was a weekend weather girl and on TV and beginning my television career. So that's so you didn't was. actually you didn't actually work on the farm. I didn't farm, no. But it is a true statement. I lived I lived on a pig farm. And I'll tell you, I developed an incredible respect for uh, farmers. And these are, you know, what used to be farmers, the small family farmer. My Lord, do those people work. Oh, my God. You know, seven days a week. And during harvest, it went on in 24 hours a day. Um, it, it, it was amazing. Uh, the 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 guy who owned the farm, Harris Brockman, <laughs> lived up the road a little bit and where he kept his cows. So he had a dairy farm and a pig farm. And I would be very surprised if either of those are still in operation. It's a losing endeavor. You can't make it because of the corporate farming that goes on. It was uh, it was something. And the other horrible thing is that they'd come and get the little pigs. The pigs are really still very small. They're not even a year old when the trucks come and take them away. And they take them up. Oscar Mayer, the plant, was in Madison. So probably ate some of the little pigs. I bet you a lot of reefer helped so, you out there, too. Well, sure. <laughs> and uh, that's, why you, that's why you can't remember anything. From that all those probably years, is why I can't remember anything. Yeah, it's, like from it's true. The mid 60s to the 80s, it's all blank. It's because it was a blank. <laughs> well, uh, maybe. I'm the guy that Maybe. took the Ponder Reaper to D.C., if you remember that call. Yeah, well, so. In my, hand, in my bag. So well, I'm right those there were with the you days, on that. And I mean, I, yeah, I understand. I mean, those were the days I have a friend. I mean, I, there's so many stories of people I know who are now respected, uh, you know, lawyers, doctors, and Indian chiefs and academics who, Back then, in those days, you know, uh, were got caught, you know, with marijuana. I have a friend who was caught with a big hunk trying to smuggle a big mess of hashish from Morocco uh, back to the United States. You know, that kind of thing is, uh, yeah. I mean, we did that idiotic stuff. Didn't yes, we? we did, honey. I don't think I All ever right, I guess did. the show is almost Although over, I, so... Go ahead. Well, no, I don't mean to upset people with this, but this is the truth. And and because I'm a white person, I I never really worried about it all that much. I maybe was stupid, but I never did. Although I do admit, I once had, I once had a gun pointed at me uh, in an attempt to buy an ounce of of pot when I was in college from the wrong person. So, yeah, that was the only time it seemed like, uh-oh, this is maybe a scary thing to be doing. But I never thought that of the act itself of smoking it. I thought it was wondrous. Absolutely. And I still do. I think it's the greatest. Uh, it is so much better than alcohol. It's a joke. Which is why Fetterman, our, our lieutenant governor, our lieutenant governor <laughs> is is just uh, you know is doubling down on this uh, in this attempt to get marijuana legalized in in Pennsylvania, probably one of the last states to do it. Because again, we're in the thrall of these idiot Republicans who don't see a gold mine staring them right in the face. You mean the Republican? Okay. Yeah, well, I, you know, that's who, who's, okay, B bye, thank you, bye. appreciate the call, bye, um, oh gosh, guys, okay, 
I guess that's it. And I'm sorry, but you know, listen, I'm, I'm well into my seventies now. And, uh, I, uh, I will speak the truth about uh, marijuana. I'm sure there's some negatives, and there is that short-term memory loss thing, I think, is true. <laughs> Did I just say that? I can't remember what I just said. But uh, for anyone who wants a, a slight respite from their usual perception, just a little bit of a twist, nothing scary. Um, it's a wonder. It really is. So, and God put it here. What's it doing here if we weren't supposed to make use of it? It's not like it's, you know, concocted on a stove or, you know, in in making it uh, like a mess lab, uh, you could blow up uh, the neighborhood. No, it's God given. All right, I'll stop. Um, all right, that's it. God help us all. God knows what today will bring. I think maybe can we in, will we impeach him today? Will it happen that fast or I guess it'll happen tomorrow? Whatever. He goes down in history. And you know what? It doesn't matter to him. Okay, I'll shut up. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care. I don't think. Who cares what he cares? I'm now talking to myself. Goodbye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.